people say that money can't buy you happiness. But when you don't have any money, you sure feel like shit. It starts to affect everything. Your self-esteem, your health, your relationships. And for guys in their mid-twenties like myself, money is damn near impossible to come by these days. I don't know exactly who's to blame, although growing up in New Jersey amid the dilapidated ruins of a failed city, it's easy to say that our generation had a raw deal from the start. We didn't ask to be left with a crippled economy and heaps of debt. But what can you do? Life goes on and a guy's got to work, which leads me to perusing the online job listings day in and day out for anything I could possibly do to keep my parents from losing their minds with worry. Sure, I'm not going to end up on the street because my folks would certainly step in and, worst case scenario, make me move back home. But that sort of personal humiliation is something that I'd like to avoid at all costs. The job market may suck, but I'm determined to make it work. I've got a lot going for me. I'm smart and friendly, with the striking good looks of a young man who's been blessed by genetics and knows how to put in his time at the gym. With light hair and smoldering dark eyes, I've never had any trouble getting girls into bed. The problems begin when I ask them for a job. You might be telling yourself that scouring the local classifieds for work is below a bright, college-educated guy like me, and in some ways you're right. But it doesn't matter how educated you are if there are no jobs to begin with. You can't enter the race if there are not enough finish lines to go around. Terrifying job listings I have found online so far. The guy who's looking for a young man to break into his house at night and rearrange his stuff while he sleeps. The woman who wants to watch me eat spaghetti. Or the guy who pays $10 a pop to call him on the phone and angrily berate him in the middle of the night. All three of these involve some sort of obscure sexual kink, which I have yet to understand, and none of them are actually worth the money when it really comes down to it. It's because of this that I'm extremely cautious when first reading Morgan's post. Wanted. Young and patient caretaker for an elderly author. Simple cleaning and housework five days a week. He is a sweet man and only needs someone to make sure he's alright. Hoping to find a muse. The information is slightly limited by comparison, and the last line is a little creepy, but I give it a shot and soon receive a message back, including a time to meet for an interview, as well as a very reasonable daily rate. The next thing I know, I'm driving deep into the New Jersey wilderness, on my way to the home of legendary writer Elliot Green. I was actually somewhat familiar with Elliot's work, having been an avid horror fan for most of my life. His books are renowned for their unflinching eye and their ability to truly scare readers. In high school, I read a book of his about a bordello with doors leading to other spooky worlds, and I couldn't sleep for a week. Despite this, Elliot Green's house is not as spooky as you might expect. Other than being positioned on the edge of town and surrounded by the deep green woods, there is nothing particularly creepy about the home other than its horribly out-of-style coral pink paint job. I park out front and walk up the steps, noting that his welcome mat is literally the same as my grandmother's. I couldn't be less threatened. I ring the doorbell and smooth out my jacket as someone approaches from inside. The door swings open and a young man about my age welcomes me with a smile and a handshake. He's cheerful and slightly nerdy. Hey, welcome, he says, inviting me in with the wave of his hand. You must be Rodney. I'm Morgan. It's so nice to meet you. We exchange pleasantries in the entryway for a minute, and then I follow Morgan deeper into the modest home. It's impeccably clean, as if nobody has used it in decades or redecorated. 